Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello, fellow gamers, and welcome to Sanctuary. A world created by a renegade angel and demon where certainly nothing could ever possibly go wrong. We are the Multiplayer Gaming Podcast, and we are very excited to have you here with us for this deep dive of Diablo 4. I am your host, Paul, and joining me, I just found him floating in a coffin on the river, clutching a severed finger. It's Josh. Hey, do you know how hard <laughs> severed fingers are to come by? Of course I'm clutching that thing, man. I can get you a severed finger. You can get me one? You know yeah, a guy? I, I know a guy. Yeah. I know a couple guys. <laughs> I can get you a toe. Believe me. There are ways, dude. You don't want to know about it. Believe yeah, me. Yeah, but Walter. Hell, I can get you a toe by 3 o'clock this afternoon with nail polish. <laughs> and then joining me and Josh. Huh? It can't be. Is that a symbol of the Haradrim? Deckard? Deckard Kane? Can it be you, old friend? It's Deckard. I mean, it's Ryan. <laughs> the best character in the whole game. I was going to say, that's in honor of, I think, both of our favorite characters. What was his, what was his name? Like, Mashif or Mashif, something? Mashif, baby? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> that sounds like a Pokemon. I caught a Mashif, guys. <laughs> Oh boy. All right. Today we will be deep diving all things Diablo 4. But before we get started with that, Josh, I think you have a show review to read. Oh, I do. I do indeed. This one comes in from Best Gamo. It's a five star review and it's titled No Other Gaming Podcast Comes Close. Our good friend Best Gameo says, there are so many good things about this podcast, I can't even list them. They talk about anything and everything gaming and bring it all together wonderfully while talking about the latest and greatest or just talking about old school games. Awesome balance of humor and great genuine opinions about all the games I love and want to buy or check out. This should be your one go-to podcast about gaming. It is awesome. Oh, that's one of my all-time favorite reviews I, I right was, there. That's this, awesome. This is how you write a review right here, man. I'm not <laughs> well going to lie. So credit to Best Gamo uh, for a phenomenal review as well. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah, thank you so much. And then I think the only other announcement we have is just to let the listeners know that last Monday we did a deep dive of Humanity. Today we're deep diving Diablo 4, so that means we're going to break our normal schedule. The next two Mondays will both be bonus round episodes, just so everybody has a little bit of a heads up. Yeah. All right, well, we've got a lot to cover, guys. Lilith is back. Someone's got to protect the common folk. Let's deep dive Diablo 4. All right, here's a description of the game on Battle.net. Diablo 4 is the ultimate action RPG experience with endless evil to slaughter, countless abilities to master, nightmarish dungeons, and legendary loot. 
And in regards to spoilers, I wanted to let everyone know that we're going to be talking about the mechanics of the game. We're going to talk about some of the class abilities. We'll talk about the different things that you can do in Diablo. We'll stay free of any major story spoilers until later in the show. And we'll make sure to give you guys a warning. And then we'll give some of our thoughts on story details a little bit later. So, starting out the conversation here, I know already we are all huge fans of the Diablo franchise. We don't need to spend a whole lot of time here, but what is your guys' history with Diablo? Played them all, loved them all. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Yeah, honestly, I've played I I remember I still remember going to the store and buying the Diablo like battle to, chest. Yeah, yeah, the battle chest. Yep, I sure do, man. I still remember that. I played Diablo one. I'll be honest, uh, I don't really remember Diablo one a whole lot. I don't yeah. really, you know. I know I played it, but Diablo two, man, I, that was that was a, a good day when I picked that up. Diablo three played Demon Hunter a lot in that one. We've been waiting a long time for Diablo four, man. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. What about you, Ryan? You have a lot of fond memories of Diablo. Oh, I have so many fond memories. Uh. Back uh, when you had to use dial-up internet and nobody mm-hmm. could pick up the phone, <laughs> and you're in the middle of of really uh, crazy hectic things, and then somebody, you know, goes to make a phone call and it kicks you off. And but, mom, I'm on a bail run. <laughs> Come on, I'm doing hell cows. What the heck? <laughs> yeah, I played so much Diablo as a kid. It was this back, and you know, you got the. I bought the same thing, the battle chest later. But I remember when Lord of Destruction came out, LOD, and. You know, it back you had the little CD key and it was like printed in white on the little back of the little cover. Yeah. And, and you, oh man, that that game, I played so much of that game with my friends and on dial up. And then me, you know, and, and, and Paul's cousin Anthony, I would bring over my whole tower and we would set up a different station and then we would just land together for hours and hours and hours over at our aunt's house. And uh, yeah, very, very fond memories of Diablo and especially Diablo 2. Yeah, I think 2 in particular is definitely where I spent the most time. I played Diablo 2 first and then also went back and played the first. Diablo 3 is kind of weird because I I remember playing it a lot. Josh, I know you and I both played it like right at release. Yeah. I don't really remember like anything about Diablo 3. It kind of went in one ear and out the other, but I remember still liking it. But Diablo 2, I just remember countless runs, whether it was Mephisto or Bale, you would get the bots that would be running the account and it would be like, uh, nightmare dash bail run dash two one five, and then as soon as you would kill bail, they would leave, and it would auto open the next lobby, and you knew to copy and pa- paste two one six, join <laughs> the next run, <laughs> get all your good gear. Yep. Um, yeah, I absolutely love Diablo. It was definitely like the first action RPGs that I ever played, and I just absolutely fell in love with the franchise. Dude, I had the sickest uh, Windforce Amazon. That oh, it was yeah. just a machine gun of arrows. Just Dude, I was going to say, if one of us doesn't bring up the wind force, man, I remember it dropping because remember it would make the sound like it would do the yeah. and then it would land on the ground. But then you had to press alt to highlight everything, mm-hmm. you know, and then I, I think it just said bow, but it had like the yellow letters on it. Yeah, and you would oh, run yeah. over and you pick it up and then you were just like, oh, I, got, I got it, man. It's the wind force. And you just freak out, man, because you've been grinding for that thing forever. And farming SOJs and, yeah. and runes and all that stuff. Yeah, it was. Oh, man, that that game brings back some memories for sure. Oh, I definitely had a whirlwind barbarian for a while. And I also had a paladin that would just chuck all those hammers in the yeah. air and they would all just circle around the screen. And yeah, so so many fond memories. Now. 
talking about Diablo 4 here, normally in our deep dives, we talk a little bit about story. Now, all the Diablo games, they all kind of boil down to really it's the same story in all of them. Uh, really, all you need to know is that demons are bad. And someone has to come kill the demons in order to save all the people. Uh, there is, of course, some lore involved, whether it's about like the Haradrum, Soul Stones, how all the demons are related to each other, like Lilith being the daughter of Mephisto. Uh, I think the real magic of Diablo is that even though the storylines are not terribly detailed or necessarily deep, it's, uh, it's just a great story. Good versus evil with incredible cinematics. And I think that's where the real magic is with the story of Diablo. It's not so much like it's terribly well-written dialogue, but you get some of the most memorable animated cinematics of all time in all of the Diablos. Do you guys feel like that's fair? Oh, dude. yeah. There's, there is something just primal about watching like the Lord of Terror you know, go up against an angel that is just, you know, glowing wings, clad in armor, just kicking butt. I, it's so, I, it, I don't know, man. They, they are, they are some of the best cinematics that you can watch in all of gaming. Um, I, they really do it right. You know, I know there's story that goes and there's characters and all that. I don't care about none of that, dude. I just want to see angels and demons duking it out. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. like the, these, these incredible like beings that they are, man. Yeah. I remember the first time seeing those back. I mean, Blizzard always does a great job with their cinematics, but. Back on Diablo 2 scene, you know, was it Indariel on the sec on Diablo 2, I believe? But yeah, like yeah, those, yeah. those She's angel like the first wings, boss in it. Yeah, those angel wings with, you know, the big, you know, uh, streaks that run across and then, you know, the all Mephisto and Diablo. It's always, it's always great. It always looks good. It's dark and grimy, but it, but it still has these blasts, you know, fire and the fallen run around everywhere. It's, they're always fantastic. And the fourth entry here hits you with that right off the bat. The game opens with a 10-minute cutscene setting up the whole story about Lilith being summoned yeah. into Sanctuary. So the only thing that I would say is that is a little bit of a bummer is that since we always have to be on top of all things gaming-related, like we had already seen the opening cinematic. We covered it on a previous episode. But man, are they they're, – they're just so fascinating to watch. I know Josh has said he would give anything – for them just to produce a full length Diablo movie that's oh, animated yeah. in that they style. They would make a billion dollars easy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Josh, just in case there's any, any single person listening to this episode who hasn't played any of the Diablos from like a general standpoint, how would you describe the gameplay of Diablo? Um, gameplay in Diablo is basically this. There. It's <laughs> was that so quiet? Discord's not picking you up. I don't it's even not, know. But I just clicked my mouse like a thousand times, <laughs> oh, okay. so you'll you'll hear it when the, when you edit it. But just leave it at that. So left, left, uh, yeah, left, so left, left, right, 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 left, 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 yeah. left, right, right, right. Yep. That's so. That's the gameplay. Is you are just clicking furiously. Uh, I know there's some weirdos out there that play on controller. Listen, if you're a console player, I, you, I, I, you know, I can't fault you for that. But if you're playing Diablo on PC and you're playing with a controller. Uh, stop it. Number one, uh, yes. you're weird. Um, so <laughs> shots fired at almost everybody we know. We are the only yeah. ones playing this no. with keyboard and mouse on PC. No, there is a lot of a lot of the purists that are playing on keyboard and mouse. It's just this weird bunch of people that think 
controller is the way to go there. Um, no, for real though, gameplay in Diablo, it, this is an action RPG. It's isometric, so it's top down. You are basically a character. You are wading into hordes of monsters. You have skills that you use that are on cooldown timers. Um, you know, and then loot drops, uh, and then you get upgrades through the loot. Your character gets stronger. You spend skill points. And that is the basic gameplay loop, like boiled down to as simple as you can make it. Yeah, I think that's fair. And there's also a large portion of the game being finding better gear, whether that's rerunning certain bosses to get loot or joining new servers or checking vendors. You know, there's always that hunt for the next piece of gear because the game is designed to be like infinitely replayable. It's not where you just play a campaign and quit. It's designed to constantly be pulling you in for that gear. Looking at the Diablo series as a whole over time, because, you know, we're now looking at, you know, like 25 plus years of Diablo. Looking at four compared to previous entries, like, I don't know how much you guys really remember about the specifics of one, two, and three. But they have made a lot of changes over time. So, like, for example, in older Diablos, you could run around with a ton of healing po- uh, potions and mana potions. Uh, I know for me, that's, like, very deeply ingrained in my brain is oh, the yeah. sound of using those potions. I can perfectly hear it in my brain. <laughs> yep. Um, they've gotten rid of that to where now your mana just regenerates over time. You can only carry a maximum number of health potions, so you can't really cheese your way through a lot of stuff. Uh, they've gotten rid of corpse runs. They got rid of that in Diablo 3. Um, they've definitely made a lot of changes. 4 is by far the most MMO-esque. Is there yeah. anything in particular about 4 that you either like or dislike in how the series has gone? I, I definitely liked the uh, not having to have the, you know, carry the tome of identifier and the tome of, you know, town <laughs> oh, portals. And then, yeah. Goodness, having to identify everything. Oh, oh gosh. Man. Yeah. That was, that was so annoying back when they did that. So I, I love the fact that that's, you know, still a thing. And then the corpse runs, uh, from, you know, D3. But I did want to correct myself real quick. I know I said Indarial, uh, but I know I'll get heck for that. But it was Tyrael was the angel. Tyrael, in Diablo yeah. 2. Yeah. That was my bad. Oh, <laughs> I thought I meant the first demon that you fight in Diablo no, 2. No, I was pretty just, sure she's were, the first one. Yeah. You were talking about, the, yeah, she's the one with all the all the arms or whatever, I think. But uh, I, I just, you were talking about the angels and I, I said that uh, on accident. Yeah. But I know I'd get, I'd get heck for that. But <laughs> <laughs> anyways, yeah. Yeah, I, know your lore, Ryan. Yeah. What do you, I thought you, I thought you liked Diablo. <laughs> Poser. <laughs> yeah. Poser. This guy, you probably didn't even play. <laughs> oh man um yeah for me you know i it, it's weird because you know everybody knows i like difficult games um they have definitely improved the quality of life over the years like the no corpse runs i mean I, it, we all remember you had to save up for your scroll of town portals oh yeah you know you had to buy <laughs> potions you, you know corpse runs, all that stuff i mean there was definitely some inconvenience to it but it also gave the game some some like some character too and so it's it's this weird thing where I really appreciate a lot of the quality of life issues in Diablo 4. I mean, they have just made this game as easy to play as possible. Um, and I mean that from a quality of life example. Like, you can town portal at any time. You can salvage and sell, and they give you a horse. You can run around faster. And I mean, all this different stuff. But then, like, they, they added level scaling mm-hmm. in Diablo 4, and I am not a fan of level scaling in these games. Like I, we've talked about this before, especially in MMOs where it's like, I want to run up to a monster that I've not seen before and have it just one shot me, you know, and then be like, Oh, I'm not supposed to be up against this guy yet. 
but I'm writing your name down and I'm coming back later for you. You know, and so there's definitely some improvements, but there's definitely some things that Diablo 4 does that I'm not, you know, it, it is a negative to me, I guess, too. I did like, I did like though, that on the opposite side of that with the level scaling is you could go with run with somebody who's like level 13 or 14. Yeah, and you're which not is just fantastic. You're not just ruck, wrecking everything. You know, you still have to, you, you know, you got your other uh, aspects and other things that you have that you've advanced on. So it's a little easier than before, but it's still, you know, you're like, oh, oh crap. I still got to be careful, you know? <laughs> yep. Yeah. I think that, yeah, it's kind of a two edged sword, right? Either it makes for easier teaming up with your friends. But at the same time, yeah, I mean, I, I can see arguments on both sides. The one thing I will say that I felt is kind of missing in 4 is a little bit of that, like, discovery. Even though we already poked fun at it, like, when you would identify your gear in Diablo 2, that was always really exciting because you would see, oh, what, is, what does this gear have? I absolutely loved the Herodric Cube from Diablo oh, 2. yeah. Where you could, like, throw in three gems and then it would upgrade it to the next type or combine certain gear and then it would add sockets and things like that. That was always kind of fun. Or like tossing in Wurt's leg and creating a portal to the cow level, right? Like that kind of stuff was really fun to tinker with and mess around. That was also still like early internet days. And I remember just like dragging and clicking things and testing it. Um, that kind of stuff's kind of missing from this one, even though the world is very big. I felt like there wasn't a whole lot of discovery, even though there's like more places to go, if that makes sense. I feel like you're in combat constantly, for better or worse, in Diablo 4. It's kind of just like you're you're constantly fighting. Yeah. I, I didn't I didn't find myself searching for things, like going to different areas to to try to find a certain thing or try to find something. Cause yeah, you're just it kind of guides you and you're always on your path and battling and stuff like that. Yeah, all the gear immediately either sucks or it's an upgrade. Yeah. Like, there's not a whole lot of in-between or anything here. Yeah. Uh, so in Diablo 4, there are five classes. We've got Sorcerer, Barbarian, Rogue, Necromancer, and Druid. What class did you guys pick and why? I went with Rogue. Um, it fits my play style. I played it in the beta. I tried the Sorcerer in the beta as well, and I did not like the Sorcerer, even though they were super OP in the beta too. Honestly, they're still kind of OP, but... Um, the, I, I like the rogue because it can play two different ways. You can play ranged or you can play melee and it's very, very squishy, but it's also tons of damage if you play it right. So it's that high risk, high reward for me, where if I get out of position or I get stunned and I don't have my, like my, my stun cooldown, uh, ready, I'm dead. Like just hands down. I know I'm going to die kind of thing, but I really like that style of just get in, do a ton of damage, get out, pay attention to positioning and all that stuff. So I, I, I think I picked the right class for me because I had a blast with it. Brian's a man of class. and I, I know he picked the right one. What would what, you pick Ryan? Sork bros. <laughs> Sork bros for life. <laughs> we sure were. <laughs> <laughs> what makes you like sorcerer so much? Um, I don't know. That was, that was always one of my favorites, even back, you know, in Diablo 2. But I, I just loved that class. I love being able to kind of pop in and out. I love the teleport. That's my, I mm -hmm. love that. And then I had this Arclash build that was just ridiculous. It was so good. I know in the beginning we did, you know, with our ultimates, we did, uh, the big the snake. snake, the big snake, yeah, the big flashy <laughs> yeah. snake. But there, there was just, it's just, I, it's the way I, because this was almost, it, it wasn't really like a ranged sort, because you'd have to get in to do your stuns and your and your uh, cooldowns and in, in you know, ice ice shields and all that stuff. So I was popping in and out, 
you know, teleporting in and out. So it was kind of just constant. You're you're constantly clicking all the buttons, using all your cooldowns. I barely went through any mana with this build because any oh, the only thing I used was the Hydra for mana. Everything else was just cooldown resets and like stun abilities. So it was, you know, I had a blast playing the Sork. I tried a Barb and I tried a uh, Rogue, and I had some fun playing them. But yeah, the Sork is Sork is the one that I loved. Yeah, I tried a little bit of Necromancer and Barbarian, but Sorcerer was just way too much fun. I felt yeah. like the mobility, and I just love magic casters. Yeah. Like, why would I run around as a Barbarian that just jumps and clobbers stuff when I can play someone who's conjuring lightning, fire, ice? <laughs> like, to me, that's just always more fun. And I hate chasing mobs that are running when you're like a Barbarian or something <laughs> like that. Wait, come Sorcerer. <laughs> You know, you right-click anyone, anywhere, and you're going to be able to hit them. So yeah. I, I, I stuck with Sorcerer, which I also played in the beta. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and take a short break, and we'll be right back. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. All right, continuing our discussion here about the Diablo 4 classes. The way progression works in this one is uh, you know, very similar to the other Diablos and really any action RPG. You level up over time. You get to put points into your skill tree. And in the beginning, you have access to what they call basic skills, which is like your generic vanilla attack, your left-click attack ability. Then you start to unlock your core skills, which unlock your secondary attack. Then you hit a certain part of the skill tree that's all about defensive abilities. Then there's a couple more trees down the line, which are more class-specific. Then you get to unlock your ultimate ability, and then you unlock a really powerful passive ability in the end of the skill tree. So uh, walk me through your guys' approach. Like, what was your thought process as you went through it? Did you follow guides? Did you tinker around in the beginning? How did you approach building your character? I, For me, a lot of the fun is just coming up with my own builds. I, you know, the internet's out there. There's people that don't want to put the thought into it. I get that completely. You know, you, you do you. But for me... A lot of the fun of a skill tree in a character like this is like trying to come up with the build that I want to play. So I do a lot of experimenting on that. Um, and so I'm constantly trying something and then and then going, yeah, okay, that kind of worked. Let me try now. I want to try a ranged build. Uh, that one's not so fun. Let me go, let me go try this build now. Uh, okay, let me go back to ranged and try this other ability. And I, I just do a lot of like bouncing around until I find something that really lands. And then I kind of settle into that and go, okay, let's let's see how strong I can make this at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's how I enjoy it. Like I, I know that there's always that optimal build out there, and you know, if you search for you know like best rogue build, you're going to get five thousand YouTube videos that are all screaming at you, best build, <laughs> you know, end game build, must check this out, and all that stuff. And it's kind of like. I just want to have fun with it, man, and play the way that I want to play. So for me, that's how I do it. I just theory craft and try stuff out, see what works, see what doesn't. <laughs> I am the exact opposite. I see that video and I <laughs> click. <laughs> that's how I got. The, I was like, oh, 
Oh, that that Arclash build, I was like, oh man, I'm not high enough level yet to make it make sense, but I, oh, I can't wait till I can do it. Because <laughs> that's what's fun, killing everything you walk up to. Uh, th- you can make an argument for that. <laughs> I got, I got, I got a wife. I got kids. I got a business. I got a house to take care of. I got too much stuff to try to mess around and try to figure out a build. I want to just go in and wreck everything. So I'm the guy that, and I don't blame anyone that does it either way. But I, I, I look up. Okay, this is the most uh, proficient build, and this is going to just nuke everything. That's what I'm doing. Oh, that's really funny. I fall almost exactly in the middle of you guys. So when I played. I got, uh, and by the way, I exclusively played on World Tier 2 the first playthrough. I never yeah. dropped it yeah. to one at all. I feel like you don't have to. No. I felt like a lot of enemies in Diablo, because a lot of them, they have procedurally generated traits, like maybe they're resistant to a certain type of, of magic. So my thought process was, I want to have abilities that use all the different magic types. So my primary attack was like the Ice Bolt, but then my secondary attack was Chain Lightning, and then my ultimate was like the giant Jafar from Aladdin, <laughs> su- you know, snake that that's you know enormous and sucks enemies into the middle while doing damage. Rick, I'm Rick, 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 stick that sword into that snake. You stay out of this. Jafar, Jafar, he's our man. If he can't do it, right. And what's funny is I was playing as as that, and I was having no no problems at all playing the game, but I could tell that I probably had a really bad build because I started kiting a lot while killing enemies. And I realized normally that's not really how you have to play Diablo on world tier two. And so then I did look up my first leveling build and I just quickly remapped everything to what they said. And I could not believe how much faster (laughs) I was killing stuff. Like it was legit probably three to four times as fast at that point. Um, I didn't realize how important the defensive skills are. So like for sorcerer, really all you do is you select your one ability. Everything else is defense to the point that you can face tank everything in this game, including all the bosses on world tier two standing still doing arc lashes directly in their face and just casting magic. It, 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 I, I don't know that that's necessarily the best way to play. If you want to steamroll everything in your path, you can do it. If you want to tinker with your own builds and play your own way, you can do that as well. So it's funny. I went through about two-thirds of the campaign before I looked up an actual build and then you know retooled it at that point. All right. Now, in regards to the gameplay loop of Diablo 4, there is a lot that you can do, whether it's out in the open world or just like individually on your own. You can advance the storyline just by playing through the campaign. You can engage in PvP. There are world events that give you powerful loot, depending on how quickly you complete them. There are world bosses to kill. There are collectibles and challenges in each region on the map that give you different rewards. There are aspect dungeons, nightmare dungeons. Plus, you can always bump up the difficulty and play through the campaign again on a higher setting and get even better gear. Uh, guys, you can even work as a bounty hunter for a tree. All right. Like that, that's how many <laughs> things you can do in Diablo 4. No shortage of choice. I think probably the most important thing to talk about in that list are the aspect dungeons because that yeah. plays such a central role in gearing your player. So Ryan, will you tell us a little bit about what aspects are and how they work and and how it like impacts a build? Yeah, no, it it definitely impacts the build. So 
once you get a little further into the game, you're going to start getting uh, legendary weapons. So on the bottom, you'll see these different uh, kind of descriptions on perks that you get with said weapon. It's it's like an orange writing with like a yellow star next to it. So as you as you get further and you get those weapons, you'll start getting these different perks that give you you know 1.1 cooldown off of this ability or, or you know this much damage on that so so it's different perks throughout the weapons or whatever the item is you know armors and stuff like that so there's two ways to get them is uh they have like you said the aspect dungeons so you can come in and you can you know complete the dungeon and you you'll get you know set items with the aspects and then you can go to the uh oculist and you can take an item if you have one that that you really like it, but it's a lot lo- it's a lot lower level item, and you want that perk still. You can actually uh, take it to him. It'll destroy the item, but then you get that aspect in there that you can put onto another item, um, which is pretty cool. So, it, like I said, it does destroy the item, but you can put it on another one. So, if it's a low level, doesn't really matter. Um, not all the aspects go to every item, so you know some of them you're not able to do it, and then they also they don't stack. So if you have two items with the same aspect, it's not gonna. It'll be kind of grayed out, but so they won't stack. But um, it's it's definitely a big factor once you get to a higher level. If you're able to channel that with your regular build and do those to to drop cooldowns in half or do different things like that, where you can just keep stacking things and and just running through everything. I I love the aspects in this game. To be honest, I think it's one of the coolest things. Um, in the game, it keeps you hungry for that next piece of loot. Yeah. Hey, I found this dungeon. It is the, Paul mentioned it early. It's like, the, you know, there's not a lot of discovery in this game, like for new things. But as you go around the map, you will discover these dungeons. And then if you hover over it, it will say, Hey, here's the aspect that this dungeon unlocks. And it may not be for your character. Like they're, you know, they're through the whole world, but. You know, you guys are sorcerers and you're like, hey, I found this sorcerer dungeon. Will you help me run it? And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. And then maybe we'll go run one of the rogue ones so that I can get the aspect that I need. So you're definitely looking for these dungeons. And that's kind of part of the fun is when you find it, then you're like, oh, cool. I know I'm about to get this cool aspect that I can then put in my gear. For me, the aspects are what you build your like your build around like to, yeah. like that they are the cool thing like you get your skills and you can definitely theory craft a little bit and put points in your skills and stuff like that but you have a very limited skill bar in this game which yeah. is also a detriment to me because it's like you give me all these neat skills but you're saying i only have like four slots that i can slot these into because the other two are your basic attack and your core attack yeah so it's so then i'm like you give me 12 abilities and i can only <laughs> use four of them at a time like come on man um but the aspects are phenomenal. They are skill changing, skill enhancing, build changing things. I would find a piece of gear that had an aspect on it that would do something. And I would be like, I have to try this out. Let me change my whole build to try to build around this aspect and see how that works. Like, for instance, uh, rogues get this skill called flurry where you just stab like in front of you, but you get an aspect that says flurry now does AOE damage and does like 12% more damage. So it's like, well, wait a minute. That changes everything because now I can hit everything around me in a circle versus only what's in front of me. So let me just let me run with that and see what I can do. And there's I I mean, I feel like there's hundreds of these aspects in the game. So I that to me was one of my favorite parts of this game. And I do like that, you know, what you're going to unlock in that dungeon. It's not just a one in 120 chance that you get the one you're looking for or one that's useful. You know, ahead of time 
whether or not it's worth that investment. And they're not long dungeons. They yeah. are procedurally generated. So even though the world of Sanctuary is designed and crafted and you know exactly the layout of that world, anytime you go into a dungeon, it's procedurally generated. So it's different every time, different enemies, different layout. And then as soon as you complete it, which I would say most dungeons on World Tier 2, they take you, what, maybe like, 15 minutes? I was going to say 15 minutes. Yeah. Right around there. (laughs) Yeah. They're not terribly long, but they are fun and you can run them solo or bring a buddy. And uh, if you bring a friend, yeah, you both get that, you know, aspect unlocked. Now we were able to play a lot as a group. And I think one of the most memorable times that we all got to play was when we all took down our first world boss together. (laughs) So we got to fight. I'm still not sure how to pronounce it. Avarice, the gold cursed. I believe yep. is yeah, correct. So. Um, funny fight. All right. Who, <laughs> want, who, who wants to describe what this guy does as he runs around like vomiting molten gold everywhere, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's my kind of friend, man. When are you guys going to puke me up some gold? Come on. I know, right? <laughs> this fight's bananas. So this is, you know, there are world bosses. There's these map wide events that happen and everybody that's on that, server comes running and kind of does all that stuff but and there's a few different ones too which is kind of nice i think there's three different world bosses as of right now um this avarice the gold cursed i had never seen before so i thought this was really cool it's like this gigantic weird fat troll looking thing that's toting (laughs) around like this giant treasure chest Mm-hmm. And the cool thing about these boss fights is they start off kind of slow and timid, and then they go through like these phases where by the end, this thing's just going bananas. And I just remember like this dude puking up gold piles, and if you were standing in the gold piles, you'd get wrecked. But then he would like <laughs> gold would like gold coins would fall out everywhere, and then they would you kind of like up. sit on the ground. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then they would explode. And if you got caught in one of those, you were one shotted, man. So it was really funny to watch people like run for their lives, you know, and all this. And it was really distracting. And this guy would like make a little teleporter and then run into it, but then come running out like in a different direction. So it was a lot of moving back and forth and getting out of the way and stuff like that. I thought it was a really fun fight. And a lot of reses. Yeah. And a lot of reses. A lot people, of reses. People be dying to them gold piles, man. A lot of people just literally standing in the fire, not yeah. moving. I think a lot of them were like no experience in the MMO world or anything like uh-huh. that. <laughs> They're like, oh, whoops. <laughs> yeah. And I got no good loot out of that. Like the yeah. pieces that I got were, I mean, they were powerful, but they just weren't good for how I played. Well, Sorcerer. I just, yeah, I, 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 after I beat it, cause I'm in uh you know, tier three now I was in a dungeon. I'm like, okay, I'll do some dungeon solo. So I was in one, I was at the last boss. He was giving me a little bit of trouble and I hit up my little brother, Jake. And, and I'm like, Hey man, you want to do this real quick? He's like, Oh, I'm at a world boss. It's starting in two minutes. And I was like, oh, all right, I'm coming. (laughs) (laughs) I left, I left the dungeon, went to the world boss. We beat it. You know, again, I don't, I don't think I got the best loot. Uh, we didn't get the mastery or whatever of it by like seconds, which sucked. But, and then I went back and I was like, I I was hoping it would, uh, keep me where I was. No, I had to redo the whole thing, but it was worth it. It was fun, but I forget who we fought, but it was a fun battle. It's always more fun in groups, no matter what. Oh, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, before moving on, just very quickly, we want to let our listeners know about options for support on Patreon. So our show is almost entirely funded by our listeners. So if you like what we do and want to support and keep our podcast running, you can sign up over at MultiplayerSquad.com starting at $5 a month for support. You get some amazing perks like all our episodes ad-free and a day early, and you also get two bonus episodes every month. 
So if you want to give us a little bit of a tip or a thank you, even if you just sign up for a month or two or long-term support is obviously great, you can go ahead and do that at MultiplayerSquad.com. Okay, so I think that different people can play this game very differently. And this was never more apparent than when we were playing (laughs) with our friends or in different groups. So for example, our buddy Andy, who was a guest host for our Outriders episode, he skips every single cutscene in Diablo, does not care at all about the story, and will go (laughs) and will go way out of his way to do every single world event. It does not matter how close or how far, if Andy sees or hears one on the map, he will beeline it every single time. Me personally, I think the story and the cutscenes are probably the best thing that this game has to offer. World events, I don't really care about at all, but yet we were still having a blast in like our completely own different ways. So I think you can find joy and or frustration in a lot of different ways, depending on what kind of gamer you are. So I was just kind of curious, like, did you guys mostly like shotgun the campaign? Did you focus on dungeons or side quests? Uh, were you trying to 100% certain regions before moving on? How did you guys kind of approach the way you played? I was, I, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I kind of a little bit of everything at first. I got really distracted. Anytime I love dungeons. So to me, dungeons were like the classic Diablo experience. And so I would do just about every dungeon I came across, even if it wasn't really my aspect, you know, just mm-hmm. for the fun of, because there's always the boss fight at the end and you've got a good chance at loot and stuff like that. You got to go find and the so, butcher too. Yeah. Well, I mean, that was one of the, one of the fun fights that I thought you were going to mention was us, you know, kiting the butcher and trying to all stay alive, you know, in that fight and stuff too. Um, but then, you know, and you can just get lost for hours, man, just doing all these little side missions and the little cellars that you find and the dungeons and the world events and that stuff. But eventually I went, I got a job to do. I gotta, I gotta play the campaign and actually get through this game so we can talk about it. And so for about two days, I just did nothing but beeline the campaign straight through. I wanted to experience because that's where you get to the end game content, you know, mm-hmm. is once you beat the campaign. And I really wanted to see what that was. So as much as I was having fun just wandering around the world and doing things and all that, eventually settled down, played through the campaign. This is where you get, like you said, Paul, you get the cutscenes and the story kind of comes together. And, and it's, you know, that's a lot of the wow moments as far as the Blizzard cinematics and stuff go. Uh, but that's kind of how I approached it. I did do a decent bit of endgame stuff. That's when you beat the campaign, you get to the next world tier and you kind of open up all of the the things that they have for people that have beaten the game at that point. Which is a lot. Which is a lot, too, yeah. Which is so cool. Like, I, you know, you beat it and then you look at your map after and you're like, whoa. <laughs> There's still a lot yeah. I can do. <laughs> yeah, I I was uh kind of the same. I, I everybody knows I love cinematics and games. The more the better. If a game's half and half, that's my type of game for sure. But I I also get you know sucked into the little side quests and the missions and there those people's stories. Like you do something and get the guy and you find his son's remains and you're like. Oh, you know, his, his kid died and you bring him back to him. And then I'm like, oh, what is this person? And there's another exclamation point. You start going and I'm like, oh, wait, I start get itchy for a cinematic. So then I, I go back to the main <laughs> campaign and I'm like, I need some more. I need some more. And, and Dude, you play through so many lost journals in this game. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You Everywhere. run across them every two to three minutes. There's a lost journal and a side quest to do. Yep. Oh, look, a mud pile. Oh, a journal. <laughs> Yeah, uh, for me, I really love the campaign, so I primarily shotgunned that. 
I had heard that you can pretty much get very close to level 50 if you only do the campaign. So a lot of people were even saying you're better off doing more side stuff later. So I primarily just focused on the campaign. However, I would pepper in side quests and I have to clear every cellar. I don't necessarily clear every dungeon (laughs) if it's not an aspect that I need. But if I see a cellar that I can clear out in 20 seconds and get some gear, I I will beeline it for every every cellar and then get that little green check mark that it's you know yeah. been completed. Yeah. All right. So I think now's the time to get into story spoilers. All right. So yeah. if you don't want to hear anything about end game story here, maybe skip ahead about ten minutes. But here's where we can just kind of open it up. What do you guys want to talk about? Is there anything that you found exciting, disappointing? What were your favorite parts? Low moments? What do you guys want to talk about? Dude, go okay. I'm gonna steal it from you then. Yeah, that, that battle at the end was so freaking cool, Lilith. Oh man, that, Lilith v. Anarius. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. You that talking was, about the cutscene? Yeah, dude. That was just. I can't even. You can't describe it. How cool that was to me. I was just sitting there in my chair, like with goosebumps. Like, oh, 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 oh. No way. Oh my gosh. Oh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. There was just uh, man. That that's. I know. I know. Josh, you felt the same about it. So you know, Dude. I won't take too much of the thunder with it. But man, that thing just blew me away. When she stabs the spear, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> dude. I I've <laughs> never been so riveted to my computer screen. I, yeah. I honestly, maybe ever. Like, I it was so cool that I I like instantly like paused the game. You can't really pause it, but like left it in a safe spot. And then came to Discord and said, I think I just witnessed the coolest cutscene I've ever seen in all of video <laughs> gaming. Like, and I s- legitimately still think that. I-, I mean, that thing blew me away, man. And and that's why I was like, give me a full length movie like this. Yep. Yeah. Dude, I'll pay I'll pay thirty dollars for a movie ticket to go see that, man. <laughs> Dude, like that is I, bananas good. When I was a kid, I think there was an option back on D D two where you could just go and watch the cutscenes. And I used to yeah. do that. I think you could you just go and I just watch the cutscenes. That's how much I love them. So this this one that cutscene. Anytime you guys yeah. saw the Lilith petals on the ground, because oh, you yeah. know, oh, like yeah. how you had like I, I was. Anytime I saw those, I was just like, oh yes, dude, yeah, <laughs> like cutscene time. Which is why I don't understand how anyone. I had another buddy, my buddy Sean, that uh, I played with a lot. I used to play Destiny with him a ton, and I, I same thing. I see it, I get so excited, and I click it, and then in the background here. Uh, hear all like, the fighting he just yeah it. hear all the fighting because he just skipped right through and he didn't uh, care and i'm like whatever dude know. if you die you die i'm watching this <laughs> yeah i mean story-wise i will say i really i love this genre of like angels versus demons the keanu reeves movie constantine is is right up my alley man because that is just oh i love that stuff so much man yeah and so, you know, this fits into there. I will say that the cutscenes were absolutely exquisite. This, this kind of what Lilith is trying to do with Sanctuary and you trying to stop her is really neat. There's parts of the game where I felt like they just didn't know where to go with the characters and the non-cutscene stuff. Like you're following Lorath and then you meet this guy and then, oh, well, we've got to go over here to get this person and now we've got to go do that. And I felt like I was just on this giant like 
fetch quest slash let's go meet this person because maybe they can help us kind of thing. A little bit of a wild goose chase. Yeah. And that's exactly what I started feeling like is like, I'm just running around this world with like, where is the direction? Like, like you're not telling me a story at this point, you know? And so the cutscenes would tell the story, but the gameplay didn't really other than like minor parts where it's like, okay, well this is how we're going to fight Lilith. And then I kind of went, okay, yeah, but then they've got me going four or five different places. And again, nothing really makes sense at that point. So it's it's really weird to me because in-game storytelling, not so good. Cinematic storytelling, freaking awesome, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it, it kind of feels a little bit like we need to make the game longer. And how are we going to do it? Okay, well, let's throw in an escort quest. And whether or not it works for you, now it's a 10-minute escort across the desert. And, oh, well, now you got to trek all the way to the East Coast and go find a ship. And maybe you can find the part that you need over there. And um, some of the storytelling just wasn't terribly fleshed out. Like, the fact that Elias is immortal. And then they're kind of like... Well, he just kept a part of him alive inside the severed finger. And it's like, okay, so it's like a Harry Potter horcrux, I guess, but they don't explain how it works. Like, why don't we do the same thing Elias did? Like, if any of us can have immortality, I don't know. But we have to go back a second to, and you guys know that I was going to complain about this, but the Anarius and Lilith cutscene, it's absolutely incredible. I agree. Probably the best cutscene I've ever seen in a game. The problem is that Almost half of that cinematic is the Diablo official cinematic trailer that got released like two months ago. Josh and I watched it, covered it on a This Week in Gaming episode. So when it started, and then you do get more. So like their trailer was three minutes out of the eight minute cutscene. So I was a little bit perturbed that I got almost half of the best scene of the whole game before the game came out without any real context. So I don't really like when companies do that. I feel like they could have chosen something else to highlight cinematically, or maybe uh, add an extra cinematic somewhere. And then just don't, don't show me half of the end of the game. Dude, the intro cinematic was great. Why not show that to people? It's the first thing they well, see. You're not they showed spoiling us that anything. Too. We had all I that know, before. But I'm just saying, like that. I, I get what you're saying though, because it's like have confidence in your product. Save the best thing for discovery. Let people like let people experience that. You don't. It's like a comedy movie trailer, right? Where they show funny jokes, I was and then when you watch that, the yeah. movie, and they're like, "Well, these were the best jokes in the movie." Like then you're just left kind of disappointed at that point. Or like imagine the sixth sense if they're like, you won't believe what character was dead the whole time. Like if, if that was in the trailer, you'd be like, what? Wait. So what? <laughs> I know, spoiler alert. Spoiler. Yeah. So so as 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 much as I loved all of these cutscenes, they knew it was good and they showed all of it to us too early. So they knew if we show this, it looks so good, everyone's gonna buy it. But then there was only so much more we hadn't seen. So I was just like, oh, man, yeah, that was amazing. And I'm glad that there was five more minutes that I hadn't seen. But I just wish maybe the cinematic trailer, even just shorten it, maybe maybe make that 90 seconds instead of three minutes. And maybe I would have felt a little different. Well, because you think like good. How many I mean, how many more sales did they really get from showing that much of it? You know, it, it's probably not much. Anyone that was going to buy it is going to buy it. And that was good enough. Like you said, 90 seconds would have been more than enough to hype everybody up. So that I, it was frustrating, too. Yeah, that just just you see that much of it. And you're like, OK, well, I've already seen this, you know, for something that was so amazing. Yeah. 
And you know what worked really well for me story-wise because we knew nothing about it before? Mm-hmm. It was the whole relationship with Loreth and Donan. I yeah. loved everything with these characters. These are like two guys who served in the Haradrim and they've got this like long history where there is a certain element of like respect that they have for one another, but a lot of animosity and tension. And you see that play out over the course of the game. And you know, here Donan's son dies and Donan wonders like should I have done something different and you've got like this really moving death scene right before you fight Lilith when Donan dies and right before he dies I did I did actually chuckle a little bit because he's like did I do enough and Lorith straight up stares him in the eyes for eight seconds until (laughs) Donan dies and then he goes more than enough and I was like you could have said it when he was still alive Um, but like, I thought that was such a cool moving moment. I thought that their whole relationship was really interesting. I loved all of that a lot. Uh, anything else you guys want to talk about story-wise? Now, I mean, that's really it. It, it was yeah. a tale of two different things for me. That's basically my summary for the story is the in-game story stuff I really didn't care for that much. I mean, I, it's not, I'm not saying it was bad and I hated it. It just really didn't add anything for me. You know what you can tell is if you would press like a button during the cutscene, yes. and if it lets you skip dialogue you can probably skip it and you're not going to miss a lot but if it says press escape to skip cutscene you knew not to do that yeah that's yeah. true that was oh, a good measure yeah. <laughs> did you guys did you guys skip any cutscenes or anything no i didn't, no, I didn't skip not. a single one i didn't either <laughs> i would sometimes read the dialogue and just like skip oh the yeah because i can read faster quicker. than they can voice it but yeah, yeah. yeah. but never skipped the the full cutscenes no that that would be insane All right, we're going to go ahead and take our last ad break, and then we'll finish out the show with our regular segments. Okay, Josh and Ryan, we're back. We're going to close out this Diablo 4 deep dive with our regular segments. Let's start out by offering up some hot takes. All right, anyone (laughs) want the honors? Who wants to go first? Maybe we should clarify. Hot takes, for anyone who maybe isn't aware... This is where we're going to intentionally exaggerate aspects of this game just to have a hot take, right? It's something that we believe, but maybe it's a little bit exaggerated. I would would never exaggerate any stance, Paul. Never, never, ever. Well, what's funny is I my hot take was legitimately going to be this is this game has the best cinematics I've ever seen. But I mm-hmm. don't know that that's actually a hot take at this point because it seems like everybody agrees where it's like, no, nah, man, this thing's a banger. Like, I've never seen anything like that. Metal Gear Solid, I think, could make a case. But See, I've go never ahead. played those. So, yeah. so I'm actually going to pivot off of my hot take to to something different. And I don't know that I have played a game where I have had so much fun and then gotten to the end game part, which is usually where the content starts that I really enjoy, and then just hit a wall so hard that I'd nearly knocked myself out. Like, <laughs> I, I, like I get that Blizzard tried to provide all this end game stuff for you to do, but I find all of it to be busy, very, work. very boring in in the regard of like I'm not accomplishing anything here. Yeah. If 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 you like the loot grind. Man, that's what this is geared for, but I, I, it's not jiving with me, man. And I was, I, you know, I was expecting to play this game for months and months and months and do that loot grind a la Diablo 2 kind of thing. And I got to the end game and I kind of, I felt like John Travolta, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, it, like the meme where he's just looking around and he's kind of going like, 
Where is mm-hmm. everybody? Like, wh- I, and I just was like, what am I supposed to do? Because I did that. I did that. I did this and I did this. And I don't want to do them 500 more times. Go grind your renown, Josh. Go grind yeah, no. for loot. Go grind <laughs> no. your levels. You know, and, and so for me, my hot take is like, I, I don't know that a game has knocked me out with hitting that gameplay wall more than Diablo 4 has. So oh, wow. I almost have exactly the same hot take, Josh. And I know recently we've been on polar opposite ends, yeah. but I had exactly <laughs> the same take. I, I'll just to make it a little bit of a different take, I'm going to say that difficulty in this game is way out of whack. Like, I played it on World Tier 2 because the game does not let you go straight into Nightmare, and they recommend that you're level 50, blah, blah, blah. I played on World Tier 2. I think in my entire playthrough, I think I died maybe six times, and two of them was to the world boss. And the fact that you can play through this game and just wreck face, there's a time and a place for it. I like having just a little bit of a challenge. And so when I finished the campaign... And I got up to, I think I I stopped playing at like level 48. I did the capstone dungeon. We played that together. The three of us got on. And then once I unlocked nightmare mode, I was like, you know what? Even though the game's been so easy up to this point, I, I just didn't have the right carrot in front of me because grinding will never do it for me. As soon as it becomes a loot grind or a reputation grind or, um, just getting every single green check on every dungeon, every seller, do every world event. Like I don't, that doesn't do anything for me. And I, I would have loved to play through this game on nightmare because I have a feeling that that difficulty would be exactly where I would want it on the dial, but I'll never do it because I already know everything that happens. I have no desire to play through again. So I don't know how many hours I actually played of Diablo four. Maybe it was like, 17 to 28 like i have no idea it could be anywhere in that range loved every minute of it and now i have zero desire it's like when you finally hit that breaking point in rust where you had your mega base and all your ak's and it all gets looted and it's like all right well we're done until next season yeah (laughs) that's kind of how i felt where i was like you know what i'm done i loved it but i'm gonna uninstall it because the end game just doesn't work for me but I, i can see why it would for others uh, what about you, Ryan? What's what's your big hot take? 17 hours. I think I did that in one day one time. <laughs> you probably did. <laughs> uh, some of us were playing Humanity, yeah. <laughs> while others were, were only playing Diablo. I played quite a bit. I played quite a bit. Well, I was guiding the characters uh, in Diablo is what I was doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There you go. <laughs> um, I was, you know, honestly, I, I'm, I was kind of on the same plane as you guys with that. This endgame, I'm definitely not as drawn as i would thought i would be to to playing more to once we got to that level you know i'm kind of like okay well i mean i can do all these things that'd be exciting you know to get them done but i'm just i I don't have that itch now that all the cinematics done i've seen all that stuff and now it's just like you said it's just kind of a loot grind but um other than that my other one was i as much as i liked the cinematics and i thought some of the stuff was cool I honestly thought this story kind of sucked. It does in a way. You can easily make that argument. It's not very well written. Uh, yeah, I thought that it was just, it didn't, you know, and like I said, the cinematics draw you in. It was amazing. It was beautiful. But throughout the game, I just wasn't as drawn in as I thought I would be. And it didn't have the progression. Like you guys were saying, like Diablo 2, I know we keep harping back to it, but it was just one of my favorite games ever. So 
you'd have the axe, but the axe felt different because it's a different environment. It's a different world. You have to actually go to the desert or you go to that kind of jungle area in Act 3 and stuff. So it, it made that progression. It made it feel so much different and there was different creatures. And, and so I just, it sucked me in so much more than than this one did and i just i was i was really aside from you know all the cinemax and everything i was really let down with the story i get that i i do i mean i think you i think you nailed it that the cinematics are are incredible but the overall story and what lil is trying to do and it's like it's it's not the best yeah no <laughs> that's why i kind of poked fun at it in the beginning right demons yeah. are yeah. bad someone has to kill this demon and that's really see what but the story i like to. that stuff man it's just, i do like it you know, it's not right, bad yeah. but the the story is not very yeah. detailed yeah all right well those are some of our thoughts josh you've got some community reviews to read we always pull community reviews just so you don't have to take our word for things. You can get some other opinions on the game. Um, always try to pull some positive and some negative ones. Uh, this is a Blizzard game, so I went to Metacritic for this since it's not on Steam. All right, this first one is rated at 2. This person did not like Diablo 4. Um, and they say, beautiful game, open world, cool effects, but boring as bleep. <laughs> Probably the first Diablo I am bored to play after literally 10 days. Level scaling killed the motivation for investing your time in the game to get overpowered. There is simply no point in playing once you finish the dull campaign. Do some side quests, dungeons, nightmare dungeons. You're uh, at around level 70 and thinking, OMG, I literally am forcing myself to grind this, to do almost the exact same thing over and over. And what's with this archaic online-only mode? There is no way at the moment to play with randoms online besides events. I did not expect that Diablo 4 will ju be just a time waster. A bit disappointing overall. I can understand what they're saying, but if you get all the way to level 70, you probably should rate the game higher than a 2 because it means you <laughs> definitely enjoyed it for a while. Yeah. Yeah. That's like on yeah. Steam when you see... 2200 hours I know, played yeah no, like, this game sucks it's like okay yeah obviously um that one just did touch on some of the repetitive nature uh level scaling i despise level scaling um in, especially in this game so all right this next one is a perfect 10 and it says blizzard really knocked it out of the park diablo 4 is a return to its roots the atmosphere graphics the audio and music cinematics gameplay quest lines and story are all top notch this is the true sequel to Diablo 2. It's the best launch I've seen in a while with short, less than a minute queue times with zero server downtime when I've tried logging in, which is fantastic considering how Blizzard launches normally go. As long as you're not the first hardcore player to reach yeah. level 100 oh, man. and die because a server went down. Ooh. Yeah, <laughs> so bad. I, I will give I, I will give them kudos. The launch of such an anticipated game was buttery smooth, man. Yep. You know, I did get kicked from the server randomly a couple times, like throughout the very first three or four days, but it would always let me right back in at that yeah. point, too. So I, I do have to give them kudos for that. And I will say the graphics and the music are both unbelievably oh good. My this goodness, had some dude. of the best music I've ever heard in a game. Yeah, yep. and atmosphere. The graphics in this thing, the way that what they do with the perspective on that stuff is really cool. 
Okay, this next one is a three, so this is not good. And it says, giving it a three for art and sound. This is Diablo by name, meaning that's the only reason they gave it a three. Right. Uh, this is Diablo by name <laughs> only. I don't know why they decided to add level scaling. It totally breaks the game. I hate it so much. Level one is just as powerful as a level 90. It's a ridiculous concept. Remove it or add the option like Witcher 3 did. This feels like a cheap port of their terrible mobile Diablo Immortals game with updated graphics. I hope they remove the level scaling. It is by far the worst flaw of this game. You can never, ever feel powerful when you level up. It doesn't matter because so did the enemy. Yeah, and that's completely true. But of course, if you want to play with a friend and you're level 88 and they're level 30... Like you can't play together. I mean, they're, we've they're done only that in a lot after... of games before, though, where you say, yeah. "Let me re-roll a character closer to your level," or you, you know, can work or something it. like that. You can work around it. it. It's weird because it's a quality of life thing, but for me, it's a huge detriment to the game itself. I do so, agree. All right, um, and then uh, I've got we're we're running out of time here, so I'm going to read one absolute middle of the road one on this one. This person rated it a six. They said the story is good, the graphics are nice, and the music and sound is immersive. I enjoyed going through the campaign. However, Diablo 4 is not an action RPG. It is an MMO RPG with all the bad stuff like level scaling, online only, timed world bosses, and helltides, and none of the good aspects of an MMO like the social aspects, trading, and more interaction. Also, the skills are few and full of cooldowns. I can't spam my skills like I did in Diablo 2. You're constantly out of mana, and due to a horrible concept of damage buckets, vulnerable is a must for all builds, which severely restricts build diversity. The open world is nice, but there's barely any mob density, and sometimes it feels more like a walking simulator. Finally, the mob level scaling penalizes you as you level. You never truly become stronger, and in fact, lower level characters can carry you instead of you (laughs) carrying them. That is true. (laughs) And it is is true true. that everyone does build around vulnerable, where all of us were applying vulnerable to all enemies because that's how everyone has to play the game. Yep. All right, guys. So that's what some of the uh, people out there thought about the game. We always do a little thing where we guess what we think the overall rating for the game is. In this case, it's going to be on Metacritic. Um, and I did go by the user scores on this because we don't care what critics think. We want to know what gamers actually think about something. Yeah, we want to know the gamers that definitely never review bomb anything. Certainly never. not by Activision <laughs> Blizzard. Never. No. Man. Okay. So... I, I believe I won this last time. Yes, so you did, Paul. Yeah, yeah. Thanks I, for reminding yeah. us. Yeah. I get to go first. Um yep. I think this game deserves like an eight point four, something like that. However, I think because of review bombing, whether it's because of politics or the uh work environment <laughs> of Blizzard, let's just leave it at that. Uh I'm gonna guess it's probably something closer to like six point eight. So I'll I'll lock that in as my final okay, answer. Okay, six point eight for Paul Ryan. If we sandwich him, he can't win. Ryan, it's true. Ooh. That's true. So you, you know which way you up? know which way to go from six point eight, Ryan. I'm gonna go six point seven. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm and I'm taking six point nine. Nice. Oh, <laughs> uh, you ain't winning this one, Paul. Um, <laughs> I it's actually spot on. <laughs> Uh, my my official before looking and knowing the score, I actually guessed eight point nine because I didn't think that this people would review bomb this game for some reason. 
Um, I didn't. I didn't think so either. I was I definitely going to be I, high. It did, it did get review bombed. The ah. actual is a five point seven. What? And oh, what I did on okay. this is I took the aggregate of PC, Xbox, and PlayStation, um, so that it averages out to what the three platforms are. That so so five point seven. So Ryan. That means you are a winner, and you get the honor of introducing this next segment. Lilith's a lucky lady. Oh, here we go. <laughs> hey, Lilith. How you doing, baby? You want to go... Oh, oh, Mirren? Oh, wait, wait, wait. Let me explain. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We've got some crossover. I'm the, yeah, I'm properties. down for this crossover. Star Wars Diablo? Yeah. <laughs> what about your uh, Professor Garlic from Hogwarts Legacy? Where's where oh, she that in the mix, too. Ryan? Uh, yeah, man. man. I'm What's down on that. Different area codes. Different area codes. That's area codes. All right. So this is our Make Love, Mary murder segment. Ryan, do you want to tell the people how this works? Yeah. So basically, we're going to uh, make love, marry, murder uh, on the scale. We, we do that for all the games that we deep dive. Um, murder is obviously, you know, just, you know, didn't like it, didn't 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 vibe with you, didn't feel like a game that you want to play again. Uh, uh, make love is going to be one that, you know, you're kind of lukewarm on it. It was good. It had some good, some bad. Um, and Mary obviously is is one that just they hit it out of the park and, and you want to you want to play that as long as you can. All right, so Ryan Diablo Crouch, which is your your legal name, <laughs> what what are you going to give this game? I think uh, no one will be surprised that I am going to marry this game so hard. I'm going really? to. I'm just yeah. kidding. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I know. For a second, I was like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> I'm gonna marry this game so hard. I'm gonna I'm gonna take Diablo Four to expensive dinners, lavish vacations. I'm gonna take out a second mortgage just to buy a new fancy car. This game. As much as I had issues with different parts of it, and it's you know it's not my favorite game, it's not something that is just absolutely blew my socks off. Other than other parts of it, I I had so much fun playing this, and and I found myself all the time like, guys, can we play? Anyone else want to play? Hey, anyone in the Discord? Speaking of, shout out Discord. Get on the Discord if you're not, because you can play with us sometimes if we're available. But uh, I've played with some people through the Discord. I played with you guys. I played with my brother, my friends. You know, I I was always on this game um, way more than we needed to do for the deep dive. But yeah, I'm a <laughs> I'm a big time Mary on this one. All right, yeah. what about you, Josh? I, I'm actually a little torn on this one. Um, I, I'm I'm giving it a Mary, um, but it's because there's nothing that this game does wrong and I had a blast playing it. There was never a time playing Diablo 4 where I was like, this sucks, man. Like, I don't want to have to play this right now. Loved every single second of it. Is it perfect? No. It's definitely got some issues. I don't think it's the best Diablo by no, any not means. Even close. Is it, is no. it fun? It is incredibly fun to play. I would play it right now. I've got absolutely zero against Diablo 4. But at the same time, like, I don't, it's not the best game that I've like ever played or anything like that. And I, I do think that there's a lot of faults with it. So I I'm on that kind of borderline. Like it's a really strong make love or kind of a shaky marriage, but I have to look at it and just go, I really had a blast playing this. If you know what you were getting into, which is a high price tag, cause it's a $70 game for the base, the base version and you understand that you're going to hit that point, likely, maybe you like grinding. And if you do, then it's well worth it. But you're going to get to that point where it just is repetitive. And it's glaringly obvious at that point. It's not like they hide it very well or anything else. 
Um, and if you're good with that, it's, you know, don't, don't even hesitate, but yeah. So for me, I'm going to give it that like shaky marriage cause it's not perfect. Yeah. It's kind of like where you start hearing the toasts at the wedding and you can kind of tell like, Ooh, this marriage might not make yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. For don't me, talk about my first marriage, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> Oh boy. All right. Anyway, uh, so I would say this game is marriage material. It's not the most rock solid marriage, but I do think it is a, a fairly solid marriage. I think if you start to grow tired, maybe just reroll a new class and play. I think for most gamers who can afford the $70 price tag, it's worth it. You'll get at minimum. 18 hours out of this game and probably a lot more. And I think most people would play it differently than I did, where I just kind of shotgunned the campaign, peppered in some side stuff here and there, and then I was done. If you are someone who loves doing achievements and 100%ing stuff, oh man, this game will give you, I don't know, hundreds yeah. of hours of content. Oh, yeah. That just doesn't work for me. But yeah, I would still say it's like, I, I, I would call it a must-play game, if that makes sense. So no matter what, that's going to make it a Mary in my book. Yeah. I would just say, like I do with a lot of games, as soon as it feels grindy, just quit. Because it's not going to get better. Once you hit that wall, you've hit the wall. Play a new character or quit and go play something else. And um, But if they release an expansion for this, which they will. Oh, they will. Oh, yeah. We'll get back into Diablo at that time. But I probably won't play this again at all until there's new content. Yeah. All right, well, guys, let's go into our last segment. Let's go to the leaderboard and see where this game stacks up. So over at MultiplayerPodcast.com, we have a list of every game that we have ever done a deep dive. We are now clocking in a total of 99 games. Diablo 4 makes number 99. And we have to come up with a three-man consensus of where this game ranks against everything else that we have covered. So just to give a couple examples here, we've got Disco Elysium at number five. We've got Hogwarts Legacy at 16. We have Splitgate at 28. Uh, Resident Evil Village at 36. Maybe like the closest game we could compare this to in a weird way is Lost Ark, uh, which we have I, at Yeah, there's 48. a lot of similarities there. Yeah, it plays very similar. I would say Diablo 4 is definitely a lot better than Lost Ark. Oh, yeah. I, don't, I don't think we need to go any lower than this. But uh, what's your guys' gut instinct looking at it? What range are we looking for? You better I, pump that number up, boy. I, was, I, I actually think. have a very specific number in mind, which oh. is weird for me because usually I kind of go like, oh, I'm in this range. But I, I, I'm going to just put it out there. You guys can call me crazy or not. I think 18 is perfect for this game. I could see I can why maybe you're see 19 that. if if you if you really love Hearthstone that much. I mean, another Blizzard product, go figure, but I just it's one of those where it definitely this game ranks up there in the upper echelon for me for fun level. I would recommend Diablo 4 to anybody. Like we have people that have never played Diablo before that picked it up and went this game is a blast and we went, "Right?" You know, <laughs> like but then again, at the same time it's not without its flaws and you do hit that wall like you don't necessarily with some of the other Diablos either. Um, so I mean, I think for me, that's a great spot for it. I don't know where you guys are at. What are you thinking, Ryan, since you're the highest on it out of the three of us? I was actually thinking, cause I knew how you guys would be. So I was trying to be somewhat reasonable, but I was thinking closer in the lower teens, somewhere like 14, 15 ish. 
for me. Um, the, the eternal debate. What do you call those? The 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 early teens, the late teens, the lower oh, yeah, teens. That's middle. Yeah. Is seventeen We've late never teens known. or, or, I said or <laughs> high teens? Right. Is I guess. Teens? Oh yeah, yeah. I guess the I don't better know. the better teens and the, the worst teens, teens yeah. is what I call. Them. <laughs> yeah. So we're actually pretty close to each other. See, like when I look at the Resident Evil Four remake, I had so much more fun playing Resident Evil Four. As really? much as I loved Diablo, yeah, I liked Resident I Evil loved, 4 I'm more. Resident Evil 4, but I have level, them in the same, they're in the same tier, though. Yeah. Fun level of Diablo 4 gets it for me, but oddly, I think Resident Evil 4 Remake is the better video game. Yeah, I could see that. But, you know, like, just from an all-around perspective. But Diablo 4, I would, is way more fun, in my opinion. Did you guys die more in Hogwarts Legacy or Diablo 4? Oh, Hogwarts Legacy. I think I did too. I think yeah. I did too. I, I know, so. man. How weird is that? Like, if yeah. you don't it's go into Diablo Nightmare, game, man. you don't dude. die Even much. Nightmare... Dude, I've done Nightmare Dungeons, and they're, they, that's no the different. problem. It's no different. This is the whole uh, okay. thing. Like, we keep... Everybody mentioned level scaling, but every bad review and even a good review mentioned it. It's not... I was so pumped to get to that difficult part, and it's not. It plays no exactly the same as World <laughs> Tier 2 did. Yeah. Yeah. I, when I look at the list, I would have trouble putting Diablo above Hogwarts Legacy and See, that's Elden where Ring. I'm at. I, I See, I have a hard time putting it above those two. I liked 18 as well, since Ryan's just a little bit higher. Ryan, did you play Elden Ring? Uh, a little bit. Not a, a little ton. Bit. I played some of the other Dark Souls games, but not not much of Elden Ring. Yeah, I feel like Elden Ring, again, kind of like you were saying, Josh, I think Elden Ring is the better game, but I'd rather play oh, more Rings. Diablo, because Diablo is just more fun. Uh, yeah, uh, maybe, yeah, I don't know. That's so I don't know. We got, we got to honor, we got to honor Ryan's <laughs> 17, slightly higher. 17, Ryan? Yeah, I, w- I would, I would find that, uh, proposal I, re- I can respect it like it, it's diablo freaking four man yeah, just for that <laughs> yeah. scene, dude. just because i hit a wall doesn't mean it's not a good game either you know so uh I, i'm okay with that so we'll lock it in at 17 that puts it below valheim satisfactory outriders dos 2 resident evil 4 and hogwarts legacy but we will have it above elden ring hearthstone cod warzone gta online halo infinite and terraria yeah, it's a good spot. Okay. Sweet. We say it all the time. Like almost all the games on our list, we enjoy to some level. If you're within like the top twenty, that's really high praise oh, yeah, on our leaderboard. Sure. Yeah. All right, then we will lock that one in at seventeen, and uh, I think that wraps everything up here for this deep dive. I- I'm really glad we were able to get this one out because we were all like, okay, we know that this is coming out a few weeks after the game but let's just crush as much diablo time yeah. as we can let's get this uh, one what a, what a terrible problem no, yeah, no I, I, I barely got to play yeah and now we're doing that with final <laughs> fantasy 16 where we're yeah, all now guys, trying to hurry crush up that. and go play by the way <laughs> hey dude i put five hours in today and it came out all right, last night, see so. ryan ryan that's that's dedication i'm committed ryan. Good man. On you. i'm committed yeah. to the pod <laughs> Oh, yeah. And then uh, as a reminder to our listeners, make sure to swing by our Patreon page to sign up for bonus episodes at MultiplayerSquad.com. You can join our free Discord. There's an invitation in the episode description. And hit us up on socials at MultiplayerPod.com. Or, pff, at MultiplayerPod. That's all it is. Yeah. I'm young. I know how to use social media. <laughs> I'm with it. I'm hip. Uh, we would love you to check out all of our episodes we do release episodes about gaming news on thursdays 
we have quick take episodes that are like seven to 12 minutes that release every Saturday. And then as a reminder, the next two Mondays, we will have bonus round episodes. And then after that, our next deep dive will be arc. And then after that, it will be final fantasy 16. So we are very busy with some very big games right now. We'll have to uh, play those as much as we can. I think that wraps everything up. So thank you so much to everyone for listening. And until next time, happy gaming. See ya. All right. See you, everybody.